Listen in to find out how Simon Herfert and the YouSave Chemist Group are using mobile to improve their in-store experience for their patients, plus a big update on pharmacy freedom featuring the Transformation book launch. Welcome to the Transformation Show, where successful pharmacy owners and technology partners help you to build a better 21st century pharmacy by embracing technology. Here is your host, Robert Starr. G'day everyone and welcome back to Transformation, the only dedicated podcast in the world where pharmacy and technology collide to bring you, the motivated pharmacy owner, all that you need to start building your smarter, more successful 21st century pharmacy before it's too late. My name's Robert Starr, your host and guide on this fantastic journey of ours. And we are episode 22 today. I cannot believe it. We'll be coming up to six months before I know it. And a big show we have today. We're going to be talking very shortly to Simon Herford from the Youth Save Chemist Group. And he's going to be giving us some great insights as to some great innovations that mobile is having in his pharmacy group. But more on that very shortly. I did promise our international audience that we would have a special podcast cover to represent our global audience. And we have it. If you are looking at this episode and you are looking at the cover, it is up there straight away. I did have it up there a little bit earlier last week. It just came to me just after I put last week's episode up. So, yep, 49 countries all there. So uh, check yourselves out and I really appreciate the support and I look forward to adding to that as we can get some more countries on board. And can I also add that it's important to recognise that you guys can play a big role in pharmacy freedom coming up on the 14th of August. As I may have mentioned in the previous episode, and I'll elaborate on that today, we're going to have a live online broadcast. And you'll be scratching your head and saying, how do I get hold of that? What link am I going to be sending you to? Well, what I've done, and so that way all the registration comes through one central point, is if you go to pharmacyfreedom, all one word, dot eventbrite, again, all one word, and I'll put the link in the show notes or the description that you're looking at on SoundCloud or iTunes, um, where you can click on. All you need to do, if you're not in Victoria, click on the live online broadcast and I'll get the details sent out to you well and truly before the launch so that you know what web page you need to go to. And also, if you want to hang out with me at 10 o'clock after the launch and ask me any questions you like, I've got a dedicated Google Hangout set up there as well. And we can have almost unlimited number of people on that as well. So I'd love to have you along. There'll be a question box. You can throw any questions my way. And again, we'll also have a dedicated hashtag for the event as well, which I can tell you now if you're interested in posing questions, two weeks out and geez we are under two weeks out I cannot believe that Um, the hashtag will be hashtag pharmacy freedom or one word so it will be a great event so I might just announce the competition winners Uh, we had Nick in WA and Scott in New South Wales now you guys I know you can't probably make it to Melbourne for the for the event so again I'll be sending you guys the links to the live online broadcast But as a special bonus, you'll be getting a personalised signed copy of Transformation sent out to you as well. I must add for the event as well, and for those who are coming along, don't feel that you're going to be shortchanged at all by having the live broadcast. There are some special things that no one else, other than the 192 people in the room, that you're going to be able to get. We're going to have some special goodies and giveaways that aren't going to be available. And the biggest thing as well is that Transformation is a pre-release. 
I won't be sending out any books anywhere, anywhere in the world, anywhere in the country until September. So if you, by coming along, you'll be the first one to get hold of that. There's also some tools and some other things that I'm going to be releasing on the day to those who attend the event. I won't go into those details, as well as a follow-up webinar, which is only going to be given to people who come along as well, where you can follow up any questions you might have, and also you might, you might throw a couple of extra special topics in case studies in there as well so it's going to be it's going to be jam-packed and um, for 192 people you will not be disappointed if anyone's wondering why you shouldn't come to the event will there be enough coffee yes there will there'll be unlimited espresso coffee I don't like parking in the city. Well, we've solved that problem for you. There's free parking available. You'll get your pass the minute you come back upstairs, exchange your ticket for a pass that our event staff will give you. You'll get free parking. And also, for those of us who are solo pharmacy operators, you can get locum assistance as well. We've done a great partnership with the pharmaceutical locum company. I'm happy to announce that today. And by registering for the event through the Eventbrite site, you will be given access to a special discount that they are offering on their daily rate, which is so attractive, I don't think anyone will be disappointed. And in fact, you may even decide that you'll take the whole day off. You might even want to go and throw in a game of golf afterwards could be a good idea. So it, it is It is quite that. So we've tried to make it as easy as possible for people to get along. An update on the tickets. We've got 29 tickets left. I cannot believe that. We've got that quickly into it. 192, but we've got 29 tickets left. So if you jump on the Eventbrite, you've got your code for episode 20 as a, as a loyal listener to be able to do that. But also, if you want to book a table of eight, and there are one or two left available, you will get, on average, your tickets for $29 each. So eight by 29, my maths probably isn't that great, so I won't bother to forecast that. Uh, but uh, yeah, you'll get them for $29 each. Also, the biggest announcement for today is I wanted to announce Dose Innovations as our platinum partner for the day. They've been so supportive of the event. Um, I cannot wait to uh, see Robert and the team on the day, uh, but the event probably couldn't be possible without their help and uh, partnership on the day. So a big, big, uh, big thank you for them. And please, when you come along to the event, please check out their table and stand and, um, and have a chat to them about how they may be able to help you in your business as well. So, a lot to get through. I know that there's going to be there. And uh, I, I literally wish that I could have as many of you there, and I think I can. Um, it doesn't matter where you are in the world, you can attend Pharmacy Freedom, whether you're there in person or online. We can all be very close on the day, and you can ask as many questions virtually or in person. And I just look forward to seeing as many of you on the day. Our interview today is with Simon Herford. He's the founding director of You Save Chemist. He's also a second generation pharmacist and he's been running the USAVE Chemist brand in HQ but often does the odd shift within the USAVE group as well. They offer a value proposition to their customer which is essentially value beyond price. Simon Herford, welcome to the Transformation Show. 
Thank you very much. Happy to be here. Oh, look, great to have you on, Simon. And uh, I think our uh, listeners are going to be in for a treat today and, and having us explore mobile and online and digital and particularly how that relates back to our physical stores and why we need to have that presence. Um, I wanted to ask you straight up, as I do like to get a bit of a story, um, is when you left university, what did you imagine your first pharmacy would look like? And uh, did it involve the utilisation technology straight up? Yeah, it's a very interesting question. And look, like like yourself, I'm also a second generation uh, pharmacist, so I've certainly grown up with it over over my entire life. So I've certainly seen the evolution. Um, in regard to uh, technology side of things, it, it always has to be part of it. Um, did I envisage what's there today when I left uni? No, simply I didn't. But um, you got to run with it, got to evolve, and, and you got to work with it. So. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's definitely changing at a very rapid pace. Yeah, no, no, look, it absolutely has. And look, I guess those strong fun pharmacy fundamentals of uh, engaging with your patients quite uh, intimately is important. And I guess technology plays a big part in that. And uh, Simon, as, as as you may tell our listeners a bit about the uh, the use of Chemist brand, and you know, obviously what you're trying to achieve uh, in physical and in, in digital, um, why why do you believe that the technology is now going to be a real catalyst uh, for obviously taking your brand forward, and obviously our pharmacy owner listeners as well? Look, we've got to be using technology um, to add to the convenience of the customer's shopping experience. Um, the customers are becoming more and more aware in other industries and more exposed to differential um, shopping methods and pharmacy hasn't always been quick to adapt to that. So uh, from our perspective, from USAID perspective, we very much wanted to offer them the spectrum um, of different approaches. Now, they don't have to use them all, but they're there and we're trying to make it as easy as possible for, and as pleasant as possible for them to shop within our brand. Mm, no, absolutely. And, and, and is there a particular focus on that? Or any, like when you started out, and obviously you can't do everything for every customer straight away, was there any, was there any niche that you thought, well, you know, this particular customer may be the one that we want to make sure that we offer this to? Look, not not an exact niche. Um, what we were concerned was that what what customer areas are, are we potentially missing out on? What, what people are not shopping with us that perhaps could. So with with a, a bricks and mortar store, obviously you're you're restricted to a customer base within a, a geographic region of it. You know, a couple of kilometres realistically would be the most most of your customer base, I imagine. But once we start looking in the online side of things you can suddenly service the world, literally. Um, we now have customers all across Australia um, and, and some international as well. Now that's something, that's a customer base that we never ever could have accessed just with bricks and mortar. So yeah, it's, it's just opening up a whole new avenue for us to, to play in. Mm, absolutely. And I guess as, as, as we quite often see with uh, digital platforms that they do evolve and they have to continually evolve. Um, what, what did the first um, USAID venture into digital look like? <laughs> Nothing like what it does today. <laughs> um, look, our, our first one, um, which would be the same with most uh, majority pharmacies, I'd imagine, was just a, a very simple, basic uh, website. It had no e-commerce, i.e. we weren't selling anything on it. It was just a very basic information store location, that sort of thing. Um, 
that's sort of how it started, and of course that's significantly evolved to uh, to, to, to what we have today. Mm, mm, absolutely, and and I guess as as we focus on uh, generally four things in this show, and the first one generally is being education. What did you do to uh, I guess educate yourself about the the right plan forward? I guess for your website to start it up simply initially, and how to evolve, and obviously track and manage and test different strategies to evolve in what we see today. Yeah, look, all the development that we, we did, we've been very fortunate in that we've been able to do it uh, in-house to presence. Um, we've had some very, um, had and have some very talented people uh, within our organisation who have really brought it up from scratch. So um, I, I think that's probably a little unique to others in that we, we simply didn't have to outsource it. So we tweaked it and adjusted it to what we wanted within our own resources. So... That, I think that really helped us get it to where it is today. And I guess if you had if you had to look back on it, and obviously quite fortunate to have in-house resources, uh, was there anything initially and obviously retrospectively when you look back as to what you might have done differently? Yeah, it's an interesting question. Um, I, I think um, we we probably would have brought in a little bit earlier um, expertise in, in individual areas of it um, in regard to uh, effective promotional tools, be it through you know search engine optimization or you know take your pick. There's a long list of them. Yeah. Um, we were, we were perhaps a little slower than we um, could have been uh, if if we had have brought in more expertise earlier, but. As you say, hindsight's a very, very easy thing. <laughs> oh, look, it's an easy thing. It's also, I guess, a powerful thing when you look yes. to do what to replicate that again uh, in the future somewhere else, perhaps. Um, but um, look, I guess the other the other side of the education is that um, you know, obviously, in being able to evolve, and you know, obviously, a website's a great starting point, and we can obviously see today that that's expanded to digital platforms and two two mobile applications. Um, what did you and the group do to educate? yourself on what technology is available how did you decide that that was the right strategy for you and you know obviously um, how you were going to roll that out yeah good question um, I think the very in, important um, angle for pharmacy in general to, to be looking at is that we don't look at pharmacy um, there's other industries that are significantly more advanced than us in, in the, the e-commerce space uh, and we don't need to be reinventing the wheel. So it's look look well beyond our own four walls or, or beyond our own industry to see who else is doing it well and then try and cherry pick the bits that we think will work well within our our business and, and then try and uh, implement and, um, and create or, or develop them. Mm, absolutely and I guess in, in focusing on that as I quite often do myself one of my favorites is uh, Domino's pizza to look at and you oh, know, yeah. I think I think that that's a fascinating one that you can uh, build your own pizza and follow it right from the uh, word go and watch to, it yes. yeah <laughs> absolutely and I think the only thing that ever lets them down are the people in the store that don't follow the pathway but um, mm. who, who, who have been your favorites in following in that regard um, look, a few a few of the internationals. I mean, if you're wanting to look at a, a, a large-scale, brilliant online retailer, you can't go past Amazon. I mean, they do it exceptionally well. Yeah. Um, but then then you look at some of your uh, 
uh, our international counterparts within the health space, some of you know the US, UK large scale operators, um, they clearly have resources which are unheard of in, in sort of the Australian market. Yep. So they're a very good um, benchmark to, to start your judgment on. <laughs> Oh, look, absolutely. And, you know, you only have to look at the uh, the sophisticated nature of the uh, CVS Caremark uh, yeah. pro- programs and uh, and particularly Walgreens and how that's evolved of recent times. Exactly. And, uh, yeah. and oh, look, I know some of the Australian pharmacy brands have been over there and have looked at all of that. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we're certainly a pale reflection of uh, what they're capable of there. At the yeah, moment. We're, we're so much smaller. I mean, as an industry, we, we, we simply do not have that scale. So we're also not going to have that money to to invest so it's how, how to achieve what you can best with the resources you have simple as that yeah no absolutely and as i'm sure as as it, there is always a great brand story behind all of our pharmacy groups um and i'm sure you save would have been uh, conceived perhaps in one one or perhaps two stores yeah, um, one, yep. <laughs> absolutely so how, how did you when you started to implement this digital technology, e-commerce and the like, pick which store to start and test it in and what did that testing process look like? Um, look, I'll, I'll just slightly go to a tangent on that to, to be able to answer it. Um, sure. We, we, with the USAID Chemist brand, we, we started at um, Sydney-based, Northern Beaches is where it started. Uh, we did it in one store, um, it implemented and proved to be very successful and from there we rolled it out to, to several others. So we, we already had a, um, a bricks and mortar uh, footprint really before we, we got serious in, in the online side of things. So. Um, we, we had a model, we had promotional tools, we, we had, you know, the, the, the stuff that makes a brand successful in a bricks and mortar sense. Yep. What, what we did then was leverage uh, that promotional activity and philosophy um, and, and try and apply that into, into the online space so that, as, as we sort of mentioned much earlier in the interview, that it's opening us up to the markets that we physically wouldn't have otherwise. So we, we knew the model was successful. We knew the promotional tools were successful. We're very simply just exposing a much larger um, customer base to, to those principles. Mm. No, absolutely. And, and I guess, obviously, the panacea is trying to obviously make that into a hybrid environment where you could, in theory, have a customer start your, their process and interaction with you online and follow that in store. Um, have you start, has, this, has those bridges started to form together? Yeah, yes, yes, they have. So, uh, I mean, there's probably a couple of different aspects to our, to our online presence. Um, I've mostly, to present, just been talking about the, the website side of things. But yeah. as you alluded to, we, we have a couple of, um, of different uh, mobile applications as well. And they, these ones are far more working at trying to get an integration between your in-store customer and your online customer and basically um, extending the shopping experience of the, the customers. So um, in regard to the apps, like we have uh, one which is just the, the USAID Chemist app which is available on, we developed it for both Android and um, iOS or Apple. Um, from, from that application, customers have the ability to do a um, uh, they uh, can shop, so they have full access to the full e-commerce platform. 
um, and which gives them that mobile convenience to do so. Of course, it's also got uh, we we put some unique offers on there to you know to, to ensure those customers are are treated specially. Um, what alluding to more what you were saying before, um, the second app uh, we we've developed is simply a QR code reader. Um, I'm not sure most of your listeners are probably aware what that what they are. Yeah, look, I think I think often sometimes it's a little bit uh, of, a, of a muddied area because it's not a standard feature on most iPhones. But for those yes. who, who don't, it's quick response codes and essentially just a packaged barcode that sends you in various different places on the web. Yeah, exactly. And and the reason we we developed that was for that in-store integration. So we we have a, a raft of different. Um, uh, uses for it. Um, they start as simply as we will have uh, additional information um, on the front of shop uh, some products. It could be simply a link to a, a promotional video or it could be further counselling tips on it or you know take, take your pick. It, it's our way of giving the customers more information um, if they want to um, self-select uh, in that regard or, or shop by themselves which some, some do and we've got to accept that. The second, the second main part of it is we, we use that technology um, to give customers uh, take-home counselling. And this is more orientated to the dispensary but not exclusive to it. So what, what we have is we, we have uh, a whole raft of uh, videos that we've done uh, which involve a pharmacist basically giving uh, key counselling points on um, different, different categories. It could be simply, say, a steroid cream or it could be a... A, you know, Ventolin inhaler or, you know, take your pick. There's a yep. whole raft of them. And what it means is we give the customers, obviously they get the in-store counselling, but we can send them home with with this little card that has the, the um, QR code on it and means they can recap on the points we've talked to them about in a manner that really hasn't been done by anyone else. Normally they're sent home with a bit of paper. Mm. So, yeah, we, we, we're really trying to evolve it and, and make it stand out. Yeah, no, look, absolutely, and I, I think that's a that's certainly a great innovation, and again, probably a good a good extension of a touch point with a pharmacist. There's only mm. so much you can explain in a, in a limited period of time, and yeah, I, how I've, receptive the audience is. Yeah, absolutely, and you know, we've often spoken about on this show about how to, how we can perhaps leverage our logistics in the dispensary to spend more time with patients. But as you quite rightly say, it's not always about what they want in store. They may actually want to do that at a, at a later stage or be able to refer to it so so they're, they're, they're quite generic videos it's not uh, is, is it a personalized video or a generic video um, sorry when you say personalized is in tailored to, to direct to that exact person yes or, yeah no they are generic so they're generic but they're specialized in the sense that they are for specific uh, products or types of products okay. like, as I said you know it could be a steroid cream so you're going through you know common things like avoiding soap and you know all, all the normal counseling points with it but no they're not not to the individual person um, that would require um, a lot of videos <laughs> oh, okay. I, 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 absolutely so the way the patient would get hold of that is that they've got a profile on your application and they would just log in and be able to view the uh, videos that their pharmacist has selected for them uh, well, the way they do it is so they download our, our um, you said, QR code reader app, 
yep. um, on, on their mobile device. And what we do is we give them um, uh, just a it's, it's just a business card size, like physical little bit of cardboard, which has the, the relevant barcode for whatever it is that we're counselling and yeah. it has written on it what it's about so that they've got uh, easy access to, to it and, yeah, they're free, of course, to scan that in their own time whenever they you know, yeah. feel the need for, for either a recap or additional information. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and how have you found, like, I think there's this quite often there's this myth that uh, older customers just simply won't embrace the technology I, I vehemently disagree because we keep seeing the statistics stack up where over 65s are still the greatest growth area in social media yeah, um, so, 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 yeah, no. so uh so how, how have the uh the older customers embraced that i don't think age is a big factor i, I really don't um i, I think it, it comes down to um it's just simply the willingness of the person and, and i don't think age is is a factor at all in fact i'd nearly say it's the reverse yeah um the, the older customer is often more interested in it Mm. Um, it, it's you know because they've seen the development of technology over their lifetime, and it, it's I, I think at times they're actually more um, excited or respectful. I'm not sure what the exact word is of these developments, whereas perhaps your younger customer um, hasn't seen it. It's just been there for them, so they take it for granted a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah, look, I tend to think that, you know, that, that the technology really is a great uh, social connector for our older customers and that, you mm. know, immediately in the palm of their hand, they're connected to their grandchildren, connected to their families, they can see photos, they can get updates and, you know, yeah. now, now they can hold the pharmacist in the hand as well. Um, <laughs> which, uh, that's good or bad, I don't know, you well, make your own call on that. Well, absolutely, <laughs> I, I, would, I would attest that I think a lot of patients over the years have always seen us in pharmacies as uh, their you know their one social interaction if that for the week and uh you know yeah. we've obviously been privileged to be able to help them with that but obviously to extend that at, at a time of their choosing i think it's certainly a great opportunity terrific so Simon, obviously there was an evolution and did you with the with i guess with the mobile apps and the and the platforms did you start them in individual stores or did you immediately go to your group once those were released no the, these went from a group level so the the applications uh came after we uh launched the e-commerce site uh, yep. the website um and look one of the um one of the early um issues we had to overcome uh, with the e-commerce site was how best to operate it um, for the benefit of the stores as well as tapping into that um, additional uh, marketplace. Yep. So we, um, we offer a click and collect service, um, which of course the stores benefit from and then that's up to the stores to capitalize on those customers that are coming in and yep. you know, make the most of them. And then of course there's the delivery option, which is usually or uh, nearly always customers that are completely outside the, um, the catchment area of our existing physical stores. So um, back to your question of um, how was it rolled out, when it came to the apps, that simply just piggybacked on the offer we already had with our um, e-commerce website. Hmm. So um, it, it is uh, universal, but it also facilitates a, um, a store involvement too. So it, it addresses both. Okay. And, and how, did, how did you decide, I guess, in both, both platforms, the e-commerce and also mobile, of what, uh, what functions of the physical business you were going to put online? Um, and I guess start with what, were the, what I guess was the critical function 
function that you wanted the uh, platforms to perform for you? I think the best answer there is that it's a continual work in progress. <laughs> um, that, that's something that never ends. But look, initially, um, we were very conscious to ensure that we had a mobile e-commerce offering. And, and we sort of we, we do that in, in two different aspects. We do it from the USAVE app, which is, you know, on the stores. Um, but we also ensured that our website is a responsive site. So, you know, it's optimized or work for PC or a tablet or a, you know a mobile. So even if, if um, someone on their you know their their smartphone accessed um, our website, they're still going to um, have a fully functional and operational um, visit as opposed to one that perhaps wasn't mobile um, optimized. Mm. So yeah, it, it it continues to evolve. <laughs> yeah, no, look at it, look and it has to. Uh, you know, again, putting a website up, I think traditionally uh, most people put websites up thinking, oh, I've got a website, yeah, I, I don't need to touch it anymore, it's there, anyone can go and see it. And I guess it's a bit like, um, as, um, as I'm quite a big fan of uh, Tim Reid and the Small Business Big Marketing Show, and he's often referred to it as a, as a smelly pond in that uh, the water might be nice and fresh initially, but if you don't change it, it just ends up stagnant, stagnant and uh, becomes murky and no one wants to go near it. So, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I think I think absolutely it has to, and I guess to just change gears and to give our listeners a bit of a, a bit of an insight, and I understand that everyone's going to be at a different point in time when they're considering uh, what they should do in their pharmacy from an e-commerce or even a mobile application stages. I guess being able to use that great hindsight <laughs> that you have, um, you know, if if pharmacy owners are looking at starting to do this, and obviously the main thing that they need to achieve is try to get that hybrid in environment so that if a customer of theirs searches online they don't just find you know a whole lot of yellow pages listings or something like that but nothing that's ties them to their particular brand and and site but what would you say would be the best starting point for them um i I think if you're trying to enter the space now um, I wouldn't be trying to do it yourself. Um, I would be um, contacting uh, people who have already done it. Now that could take place in the form of, of joining perhaps a banner. I mean, you know, like like an offer we have, and of course there's many other in the marketplace yep. that already have developed and evolved that technology. Um, or if not that, um, uh, going direct to uh, uh, you know website slash um, app uh, producers or providers who who have quite feasibly done a similar thing already, so that you can capitalise on it. In in terms of going from scratch <clears throat> now, I, I wouldn't be suggesting that. I, I think especially if you're a single operator, there is too much involved in it. You're much much better off. Um, riding on the coattails of someone else who's done it and hopefully evolved it a fair amount too. Yeah, no, absolutely. And as you touched on, obviously, your starting point was leveraging what you'd already uh, perfected in the physical store environment. Correct. But I, I guess, you know, what what would you consider would be, you know, I guess the, the, the best starting point for, I guess, the independent pharmacies particularly, um, you know, what kind of functions or type of mission that they're looking to convey should they be getting right before they go and throw that online look i think i you've you've really got to know what you stand for and what what your store stands for um i, I think pharmacy as an industry is a little bit confused at the moment um, i think there's a reasonable amount of follow the leader and yeah. and whilst that's taking place um, identity and character of stores and or brands is potentially, if not getting lost, um, getting murky, like as you were saying before. So mm. 
I think it really fundamentally comes down to knowing what your store stands for. Um, and, and if it's simply just, say, price, I, I would suggest you're probably not going to win that. Mm. Uh, um, there has to be an... There has to be more to it to to attract and engage the consumer. No, ab- absolutely, and you know, again, I think the days of uh, community pharmacies full of, uh, <clears throat> and I'm mindful that I may upset some listeners by <laughs> saying this, uh, but the, the days of hat stands and gift tables and you know putting everything under the sun to attract the customer are gone, and you need to have your niche. Um, you need to know what your customers are after. And as we've yeah. spoken about a lot on this show, it's really just about trying to find those problems that they want to solve and not trying to put too many things in their way before they can get to them. Um, yeah, exactly. Not putting too many barriers on the customer um, achieving whatever it is that they want. And, you know, our challenge as retailers is, is to successfully identify what what the customer actually wants, not what we think they want. Yeah, no, look, absolutely. And that, as, as, as it would always be, and I'm sure, you know, that, and that might be a good segue to my next question, um, you know, you need to ask them. And um, Simon, have you asked your customers, you know, when they've downloaded your app, have you asked them in the store, what do they think? Have they given you any feedback? And, and has that helped to drive the innovation of the site and also the applications? Yeah, absolutely. Look, you have to get feedback. Um, we can't sit there and say this is what the customer wants and believe we're right. We're insane if we do that. Um, so it, it's always uh, getting feedback from customers, getting feedback from our stores um, and staff, um, as well as getting feedback from, from, from industry and, and other users. Yeah, it, that is absolutely crucial to, to keep that evolution happening and, and ensuring that whatever you're offering stays fresh and relevant. Mm, no, absolutely. And I guess also, how, how has your team played a role in that? Um, you know, obviously, and again, I can't forecast, but I will ask you, um, was the decision to go down the digital and uh, mobile path, you know, made by yourself and, and, the, and the board? Um, and how much input did the stores have? And conversely, once it was implemented, what role has the stores played in obviously making sure that the functionality is working uh, at its optimum level for you? Yeah, so look, to start with, we, we sort of put a business case together and, and, and uh, did a lot of toing and froing amongst the board, I have to say, at the time as to how we do it and what we do it. And look, we didn't get it all right at the start. I'm not going to pretend we did. Um, once we, we came up with a, a plan that we thought was reasonable, we, we signed off to proceed on it and, and of course, got feedback from, uh, from key personnel across stores. Um, and, and they certainly helped us um, evolve uh, what we were thinking. And then, you know, once it's gone live and, and continued, look, it's ongoing. There has yeah. to be feedback. There, there's, there, you know, at the start, there's always teething problems, so you're trying to fine-tune that. And once you get on top of that, you know, just, it just it keeps evolving. And, and, and that is simply from um, feedback, be it positive or negative, of, of components of it. Yeah, no, look, absolutely. And, you know, as Paul Naismith said a couple of episodes ago, um, you know, the two crucial elements of implementing any technology successful in pharmacy tends to be motivation and communication. And obviously, if the if the, the team aren't across that vision, uh, it makes everything very difficult, even from, uh, you know, trying to optimise it as well. And, and I guess if you had, you know, any particular stores that have generated a better customer adoption rate um, and obviously a better integration of the technology and the physical store than others and you know what might they have done um, that have you know has helped that success 
Yeah, look, we, we do. We, we've certainly got a variety of um, relative success, if you want to call that, uh, amongst the stores. Um, look, one, one of our, um, our better performing ones is certainly um, uh, one of our CBD pharmacies, yeah. um, and they've really leveraged the click and collect option. Um, and we also do a, um, a, a local uh, want it now delivery, so you get within uh, three hours. Yep. So that that's uh, obviously it's much more applicable to a city style store. Uh, people are exceptionally time poor in there, and uh, look, the guys in that store have done a really good job of, of leveraging that and promoting it to to their customer base and beyond their customer base, the people in their catchment. So, yeah, um, look, location certainly plays a part, but it also comes down to the uh, the interest and motivation. Sort of semi quoting what uh, Paul. Matt Smith was saying mm. um, in, in terms of getting that engagement. Mm, absolutely. And, and how have they promoted it to that local catchment? Um, is it something that you routinely talk about when the patients come to the pharmacy or are you advertising that, I guess, in bus shelters? Uh, I know it was, a, it was probably quite an advanced example, but, um, you know, there's always that great YouTube video that um, some of our listeners may have seen where uh, Home Plus in Korea uh, had uh, these uh, wallpapered uh, supermarket shelves where you could order things by snapping QR codes while you're on the train platform <laughs> have, have you gone you know to i guess maybe not that far but we, we haven't quite gone that far no, <laughs> but, uh, look it's a combination we, we, we do some some very basic marketing in terms of in-store presence um uh, good uh poster and, and information um relevance for the store um you know for example um you know why are you waiting you could have pre-ordered something to that effect that message not quite those words um to to promote interest at a store level um we also do we, look we're very um, pr um proactive in regard to um email email databases so we have a loyalty club uh for the in stores so as part of that we have the email uh, addresses of course and and we we uh send out several um emails a month uh to to each store's database relevant so for that cbd store that you know there's emails going out um uh, promoting the um the, the benefits of, of perhaps the quick and collect and how it's easier for the for the customer they also again just focusing on the cbd one they also do flyer handouts uh, at the train station and you know they're quite diverse how they approach it mm. no no absolutely and i guess you know we could touch on a whole different segment yeah. which would be opening a, t a tangent of worms and i guess everything in digital you can leverage in uh, social and online online but i right. guess if you had to name one that's most successful for you would you say it's the emails or even getting it out by social media uh, I, I think I would be saying that probably email has been our biggest um, uh, driver. Uh, but in saying that, if you were starting from scratch, you wouldn't have that email database. Yeah. It's, be, it's because we had a, a loyalty program set up before we had any of the um, online side of things. Um, so, you know, we can cross leverage between them. So for us, that was a big driver. If you're coming in from scratch, you'd have to be looking at the other avenues because you simply wouldn't have that database. Yeah, no, look, absolutely. And I think, you know, that's opening up a completely separate separate yes. topic in itself. But I still think that one of, one of the 
fundamentals that we could be doing in our pharmacies now is capturing an email address and even putting a very basic email out to our customers regularly um, and you know as, as it can shine here when you do have a digital asset like um, what Simon and you save have you can leverage that quite well in promoting it so no that's good um, Simon I did want to ask you with the e-commerce and the mobile application the, the one thing that stuck out to me that I, I, I want to ask you about is why no um, prescription ordering yeah, that's a good question and that's one we have um, thought long and hard about and it's not a closed book either. It wasn't on there initially because we just couldn't um, create a system that was convenient for customers. So the whole purpose of everything we're doing was to, to make the customer's shopping experience um, an improvement on what it is. And, and the issue for us, and I mean this is industry-wide, not just us, is mm. we could not come up with a good method of dealing with the prescriptions because obviously with the paperwork, so a lot of things, there's all the toing and froing, and it's simply not a convenient um, way of doing it. We are constantly reviewing that and we may well change our approach there yep. um, moving forward. Um, I, I think we'll probably be looking at how to better leverage it in a click and collect style and, and I think probably for us watch that space I think we will go down that in the not too distant future but yep. initially um, it just didn't fit in the mission of what we were trying to do and give the customer a better shopping experience we, we just couldn't deliver on that mm. so have you have you looked I guess as an interim at um, utilizing something like or we had Josh in our last episode uh, med advisor or ERX Express or any of those where you can uh, offer some form yes. of pre prescription yeah, order we, we've got um, we have actually taken up med advisor and, and, and we are using that, yeah. Um, so, yes, that, that's the way, that's our workaround as it stands, yes. Yeah, okay. And I think, you know, as, as, as um, our listeners would have heard, um, Josh has certainly said that that's on their, their agenda as well um, to try and, I guess, become that uh, a mo mobile commerce platform as well. So I guess, that, I guess theoretically there's, a, there's an integration, but obviously, you know, the more systems and more apps we have, I think, I think we're quite blessed if our patients decide to allow us to put one application, let alone two on their phone um it's completely agree it's it's got to i mean i think one of the issues with technology if, if i can be as broad as that is yeah. that we don't want to be using technology just for the sake of having yeah. technology it has to improve things it has to have clear-cut benefits and and to me, those benefits simply have to be better for the customer. Yeah. Um, and whilst you know, whilst there's there's a lot of different angles being worked on by a lot of different companies, and they're brilliant ideas. If we've got to present it to the customer in five, six, seven different forms, it's doomed to fail. Yeah. Uh, my view is well, for us, and this is certainly the angle we take, it needs to be centralised. So it needs to come through one app or one website, and and have that functionality all tied into one now we're not there but i think we're we're certainly on the road towards it well that's also a segue to my other my other question is that why have two different applications at the moment yeah look that's something to to work through um that that's uh, a hangover shall we say of early days of, yep. of our um 
our, our resources at the time. Um, and yeah, look, that's something we're going to work towards. Uh, the goal is simplicity, simplicity and you know, try and try and get it all under the one house or one roof to make it as easy and convenient as possible to the customer. So absolutely, we're working towards oh, it. Look, absolutely. I think it's always an evolving beast. And yeah. we've, only, we've only just seen even Domino's um, bring out a second app in their pizza mogul uh, where you can mm. go and uh, build your own pizza and people can buy it all around Australia as a bit of social commerce, which is a really interesting concept in itself. Look, when, when you hear the head of Dom. Domino's describing himself as a technology merchant, <laughs> not a pizza maker. Um, you know, the world's changing. Ah, oh, look, absolutely. And I think they're more well known for their technology now yes. than they ever have been with their pizza. Mm. Uh, that's that's great. And it, I guess the other, the other question, um, the want it now, so customers can get deliveries within three hours. Um, yeah, depending how, on location, how, yeah, ballpark, yes. How, how, how have you found that? And has it been, you know, well, well embraced? Um, it, it's been store specific. Um, again, I sort of bring it back to the CBD one. It's been very successful for that. Um, some of our more suburban stores have done very well with it and, and others it, it hasn't. Their, their catchment area just really haven't been interested in it. So it really is location specific. Um, but it's, it's been, yeah, it's been a great little resource um, for, for some of the stores. Absolutely. Yeah, no, look, absolutely, and we're, we're always talking at the moment as we as we have around, uh, you know, the stresses on pharmacy and operating costs and a lot of pharmacies reconsidering what they do around the delivery space mm. um, and certainly, you know, to keep on a part-time or full-time delivery driver may not be viable. So, you know, certainly a, a company like that, um, which is obviously at the patient's extra cost, it's not assumed that you're providing it for free as we have for many years, um, you know, certainly uh, I think is a good model as well yeah and that, look as your your scale or, or you know numbers grow of course your um your rates going to reduce too so it's kind of the more you get into it <laughs> the, the easier it will be to grow it yeah the cost will drop yeah no absolutely and and simon obviously as we can tell you save as well well ahead of the curve in terms of the technology implementation and particularly in the e-commerce and the mobile application space and it does keep evolving and my my favorite question is often around that evolving and how how that's progressing but i, I guess if you had to take away barriers of time and resources uh, what would you say would be the biggest game-changing technology that you'd love to implement in the USAFE brand today? <laughs> That's a hard question. Um, to me, I would love to be able to uh, better utilise the amazing um, information that we have um, and what are the customer information. So to, to develop a, um, a much more sophisticated um, database that enables us to identify the customer needs and and as a result of that be able to much more effectively service those needs the information like every pharmacy has it it's all there it's just if yeah as you say if there was no limitation being able to get in there and actually properly collate and analyze and utilize that data 
I think would be amazing. And it's certainly something, you know, we're working towards, but yeah, <laughs> a few limitations there. Oh, look, absolutely. And I think, I think integration is one of those uh, biggest challenges, um, you know, as Paul Naismith has also professed as well, that, you know, Fred are now integrating with more things than they ever have in the past. Mm. And obviously they never used to need to be such integration, but at the same time, uh, being able to utilize our database beyond just simply, uh, you know, who bought what on one on what day and who served them, um, yeah. you know, it certainly has much more relevance if we're able to proactively help patients manage their care and I guess know more about where they're at and when they might need us most and yeah, not, how, not how we can help them best because uh, we think we know most of the time, but uh, I question how much we actually do. Yeah, no, look, absolutely. And I think even even the best pharmacists and pharmacy owners in the country you know, hold so much knowledge in their heads, uh, but it only can work, you know, 40 hours a week. It can't exactly. be, be there all the time. And, uh, you know, ultimately, uh, I think our patients obviously expect that to be there all the time. So oh, I think that's a great, uh, great goal to head towards. Simon, it's been uh, been fantastic having you on the show. Uh, I think our, our listeners have got a lot of insight as to where the mobile application space and particularly that of solving patients' problems and enhancing their experience in store and also out of store. So I think they've been spoiled today and um, you know, we look forward to following your journey uh, and, and having you back on in the not too distant future. Oh, look, thanks very much for having me. It's, uh, it's been fun. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. Thanks, Simon. Cheers, bye. Cheers. Well, what a shining example of great use of mobile in pharmacy. We don't have a lot of them, and I love to showcase them on this show. So if anyone else knows of a great pharmacy group that's doing some things in mobile and pushing the boundaries of innovation, I'd love to hear from it. I'd love to have them on the show so I can showcase them for you all and uh, really try to understand how we can all try to learn a little bit from them, as we have today with Simon and the YouSave group, of how we might be able to start doing that in our pharmacy pharmacies as well. And I think that really is a good segue to my three key learnings for today. The first one is we need to evolve. Anything that we do in technology, we can't just look at it and think, well, we've got a website. As we discussed quite graphically in the interview, you can't just have a website and say, I've got a website, I don't need to do any more to it. It needs to evolve. Much the same way as we may have seen in the past where we've had window displays in our pharmacies. Who's had one of those that's left, they've left it there far too long and the material's faded and it just looks horrible. We have to keep updating it and make it fresh. So what we spoke about in the interview was a lot about integration of hybrid into hybrid models of physical and digital, and we need to take that on board as well. So anything we do in the digital space, we need to be refreshing the same way as we might change our gondola ends or change our window displays. We need to change at least the front page of our website so that we can at least give our, give our patients and our customers a new angle on our business and, sh and show them that we are able to solve more than one particular problem for them. So we need to keep evolving and the technology, as uh, Simon was discussing, needs to keep evolving too. And there's obviously, we discussed some areas of improvement that the USAVE group are looking at. And uh, you know it's great to see that that culture of innovation is alive and well in their organization. Number two, 
don't look at pharmacy for leadership in technology. We're, we're probably a bit beyond where some of the retail concepts are and some of the best concepts, and I'm a great advocate for this, is outside of our industry. And we need to be looking outside of our industry you know, I talk about Domino's a lot and you might think, well, he must be eating pizza every night the way he goes on about it. But I just love their model. And the very fact that, you know, as Simon even touched on, that they associate themselves as a technology company now, more so than a, than a pizza company, is more representative of how they've really nailed what their customer experience is and how technology can really enable that and enable great efficiency for them. So we need to be looking outside of it and finding some great ideas that we can cherry pick and apply that to pharmacy. And that can also be, as Simon said, overseas. It could be Amazon, it could be Walgreens or CVS, uh, some bigger pharmacy companies overseas, and they're doing some great things. You only need to check them out, look online, and it's remarkable what they're doing. So you've got to have a look at that. And the third thing as well is know what you stand for. You know, that's really not about getting into mobile, but before you do anything digital, know what you stand for. Know what's important to your patients. We've spoken about a lot on this show that our critical role for our patients is problem solving. We need to understand their problems better than anyone else. Because as health professionals, we've got all the clinical tools and the knowledge to help solve the problems, but we first need to understand it. We need to dedicate the time and our technology can help us make us operationally efficient so that we can leverage ourselves away from the back end of our business and administration and spend more time engaging with our patients, understanding their problems, and then we're in a great position to solve them. And why is that relevant to mobile and digital? Well, once you know what the problems are, you know exactly what you need to put in that regard and you know what things you can put in a mobile application like Simon has in, in his, his pharmacies about medication advice, heightening the patient experience, getting the um, patient counselling solved, getting your top 20 conditions perhaps put into videos like Simon and the YouSave group have where their pharmacists have recorded these videos and it's a nice value add. Not every patient wants to hear us waffle on all the time about the same counselling instructions. So give it to them in a format that they want. And above all, ask them, ask them. You've got to make time to ask them. And when you find out what's important, you're going to have a great tool to be able to develop all of these physical and digital initiatives in your business. Well, that brings us to the end of episode 22. And what a big show we've had. A lot of learning. Uh, and a lot of application that we need to start thinking about in our pharmacies. And certainly, Simon's given us some great starting points of how we can begin that journey. Don't forget, on Monday, we're going to have a competition. So if you've tuned into this episode and you've listened closely to the interview, you'll have no problems in putting your hand up for a double VIP ticket to the Transformation Book Launch being Pharmacy Freedom. So that'll be out on Monday through Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. So again, as in previous weeks, the first in will take home the prize as well. You might also be wondering where the micro transformations are as well. Just whilst Pharmacy Freedom's getting off the ground and getting launched in August, as we've spoken about, uh, I've just put them on pause and I'm gonna roll out some of the ones that we've previously been uh, putting in in the earlier episodes and you might want to refresh yourselves on those as well. I'm going to probably pop up again 
the one about podcasting with teams, uh, because that's going to be relevant um, as I'll be doing a workshop at the Pharmacy Business Network in September on uh, how to effectively communicate with your team in 20 minutes a week. So that'll be great. And I think anyone who's planning on coming along, listen to that episode beforehand, because uh, it'll give you a great grounding for that workshop as well. But just a quick reminder that no matter where you are in the world, whether it's in Australia or internationally, you can attend Pharmacy Freedom. Jump on pharmacyfreedom.eventbrite.com.au. I'd love to see you there. Have a great week, everyone, and I look forward to speaking to you again next week. Bye for now.